0: There is something very refreshing and very grounding when Rav Hirsch sneaks up a really powerful universal theme. We're going to discuss the lulav, and I know a person might think the symbolism of the lulav. Yes, I know one smells nice, tastes nice, etc., etc. Represents different parts of the body, all juice together, come together. These are all beautiful ideas, but Rihush gives such a powerful, overarching structure of a symbolic message that when I learnt it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. The reason it hit me was because this is something that I had been discussing with students in Jerusalem just the week before. Now, let me just lay out the groundwork. We just went through the sukkah. Now, the sukkah represented our dependence on God, how God watched us throughout the desert, and Ruth Hirsch spoke about the the poor and the rich and how message is taken from this experience of living in the sukkah. And that idea of himunah is developed. But there's always a danger here, a danger of falling too far to the side of religion. Now, when I say the word religion, I mean the word religion as the rest of the world uses it. Rav Hirsch would reject that terminology being used to Judaism for the very reason he's about to demonstrate. Because what do I mean by religion is that people get obsessed with their religious worldview, and then they throw their entire being onto God. They throw everything onto God, because God is so powerful and so beautiful, every part of them needs to be pushed towards the Almighty. That's where you get the idea of depriving the self of self, emptying out of the self in your relationship with the divine, because the Sukkah represents the ideal state. I'm in constant relationship with God, and I should be able to give my burden completely to God and negate this world. But it's an idea that Rav Hirsch often comes back to, that that's not the message of Judaism. Judaism isn't this vision that wants us to completely empty ourselves to God. Rav Hirsch looks at the Lulav as the counterweight, the counterweight in the experience of Sukkot, the counterweight in the experience of giving up to God, the emuna, the Bitachon, the relationship I develop with God, that God walks with me through life, that I trust in God, that what happens to me, I look that there is a guiding hand in my life. But there's a counterweight. The counterweight is your possessions. And the reason why I said this came up recently in a discussion with some students is because we were struggling with this idea of where I stop and God begins, and should I be trying to nullify myself to God? And Ruth Hirsch always pushes against this idea. God wants me, not a destroyed version of myself, but me to adopt a certain worldview, to adopt the goals of the Tyra. And there's a distinct difference there. It's not that I nullify myself. That's not the point. The point is that there is an I and that I adopts the worldview of the Tyra. That same message is being played out here with the lulav. Rav Hirsch looks at the lulav as being the counterweight to the nullification of your possessions. The sukkah, you're out in a hut, you're, you're trusting in God, you're open to the elements. But the lulav itself is the Esrug, the myrtle, the willow, those that you hold together, are a counterweight. They're your possessions. They're your possessions that represent the entirety of our relationship with nature. Some you can feed off, some smell. Some do both, some do neither. But the ability to gain from this world, which is given over by the ability to eat, but also the ability to smell and enjoy. This world is to be enjoyed. By that same token that you look at what you have as a gift, it is a gift to be enjoyed. That enjoyment comes in a context, but Hirsch presses that the symbolic gesture of the luluv, the estrog, the willow and the myrtle is every expression of our relationship with nature. Some things are there to be beheld and immediately you can eat directly. Some you can smell and enjoy directly. Some require work. He spaces this out in the three areas in which we interact with nature. Simple beauty and enjoyment from an aesthetic standpoint, which just comes by the the very being of nature, to sustenance and food, which requires some work, if any. And then lastly, shelter also requires nature and our relationship with the natural world. And these aren't being ignored. These aren't being debased. They're being validated as part of our experience of being alive, but also part of our experience with God. Part of our relationship with God is the stuff that we enjoy and the stuff that we are connected to in this world. Rav Hirsch oscillates between the two. He oscillates with, on the one side, the sukkah teaches us like not to hold too tightly to our worldly possessions, and the luluv teaches us them their real worth. The luluv teaches us how we relate to our physical objects, We enjoy them. We appreciate them. They are part and parcel of our relationship with God. You get that unification through the oscillation. Does that make sense? Maybe repeat it this way. The lulav gives us one message and the sukkah gives us the other. The sukkah protects us from being sucked into our wealth and the lulav teaches us to cherish it. The sukkah prevents us from being completely immersed in the terrestrial world and the lulav prevents us from soaring too high in the celestial world. You walk away with this concept that we call simcha, joy. Because the materials you have, the world you interact with, are part of your purpose. They're part of your meaning. So if I had to like summarize this idea of the powerful message of the lulah, of the esrug, and that which represents nature in all its manifestations, that in relationship with the sukkah, you oscillate between the two of them, which emerges... the emergent property that comes from that true bouncing back is that you experience your possessions in joy because your possessions are part of your relationship with God. They are part, but not to give to God. That's not the point. They're part of your purpose. They're part of your mission. Thereby, you can interact with them with simcha, joy. The joy of knowing you are on a role, You are on a journey with them. They are part of your journey. The way he phrases it, it's not how much or how little you have, but what, or the way he phrases it, how dutifully you lived with what you have. It's not the amount, it's what you did with it. That is where Simcha emerges. So to repeat this idea, we spoke about the sukkah, which has our focus on God, and our relationship and our trust in God, not as we described on nature or in man's ingenuity. We had the negation of the natural world, by things not being attached to the ground, that which is being used for schach. We had the negation of man's ingenuity by not having things that have been formed into an object or a tool by man. And we trust in God. And that is that line, that link of our relationship with the Almighty. But there is a danger that you will fall too far in that world, the celestial world of your relationship with God. You will, you will be mavata yourself to God. You will empty yourself out and allow God in and ignore the terrestrial world of our experience, of possessions, of responsibility. Along comes the lula of the Esrug, the myrtle and the willow. And you hold those together. You have to own them. You can't borrow them. They must be yours. You must possess them. And they represent nature in all its manifestation. The beautiful, that which gives you sustenance, that which gives you shelter, you own it, you appreciate it, but it is part of your duty, it is a mitzvah. It is a commandment that these come together with a sukkah, and together they represent the life of a Jew. A Jew lives in relationship with God, but he lives squarely in this world. And this world isn't an apology. This world isn't second best. No, it's part and parcel in our relationship with Hashem, which draws down this concept of Simcha. You can live with the things you have, how little or how much, that it's being lived out to its true purpose. You are using it as part of your relationship with God. Both the enjoyment, the eating, and just the simple living with what you have is imbued with meaning. Thereby, your life is meaningful. And thereby, the idea of joy comes in play. So, I hope this was an interesting perspective on the Lilov, the Esrug, and the uh, Dasim, and the Aravos. Have a lovely week. And as always, thank you very much for your time.